Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, April 27th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, what's next to the debt limit fight? Number two, Joe Manchin turns right ahead of 24. And number three, a new airlines fight. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Uh, All eyes remain on Speaker Kevin McCarthy and House Republicans, uh, despite the success they had yesterday in passing a debt limit bill that was on a party line vote that is never going to see the real light of day, but still uh, an important step for McCarthy. Yeah, let's let's get over. Let's go over this for a few minutes. So yesterday, um, Kevin McCarthy and House Republicans, and I I, I don't want to give all the credit to McCarthy. Uh, Steve Scalise, the majority leader, deserves credit. Tom Emmer and his whip team, including Guy Reschenthaler, the chief deputy whip, deserve credit. Um, a real team effort. They'll argue internally over who deserves the most the most uh, credit, but um, got this bill across the floor. This is a bill that has absolutely no chance, as you said, of becoming law. It is unworkable in almost every respect. Um, uh, they tweaked it in the middle of the night, um, uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday, uh, but it, it's a big step for a few reasons. You know, and I don't see... A lot of people have been arguing to me, um, aides in the leadership, former aides, lawmakers, like that this was a McCarthy's worked too hard to get this across the floor. And why did he do that? I would argue he had no other choice, right? Like, so the debt limit is coming up this summer. Republicans can't pass a budget. They just, it's going to, it would be too hard. Um, this is a mini budget ish. Um, and what else were they supposed to do? Just like continue to argue with Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer about show me your plan, show me your plan. Well, now we passed a plan. It's, it's, it, it doesn't do anything substantively, but he showed that he could pass a debt limit bill through the house on a party line vote for Republicans voting. No. Um, and I think it was the only hand he had. Now he could sit back and say, all right, President Biden, all right, Chuck Schumer, what? where are you here? Like, I passed a bill. We lifted the debt ceiling. Where are you? And I think that's a useful talking point, Anna. Yeah, I think you're right. I also would just say I think it's also just step back more broadly in the psyche of House Republicans. I think it's a confidence booster. It's saying, especially to his leadership team, very untested, new team in place. They're like, okay, like we had a tough thing that we were able to move forward together on. I mean, some people were already questioning, you know, behind oh, is McCarthy going to, you know, be done after even this first iteration of, you know, the debt limit package, right? Like, I think there is something to be said that. You know, now, I mean, whether they're able to stick together, but they were able to turn people, they were able to understand the dynamics within the caucus of having to change the bill. I mean, I think it's a a useful lesson internally for them, as well as what you say, which I think is really smart around the concept of like, he now, they now can say like, hey, like, we did our part, right? We're partisans. Yes, it's a bill that's not workable, but we're not going to negotiate against ourselves. Yeah, and that's the, that's the, the ultimate um, win here for McCarthy. Um, and, and you know what? You, 
the next phase, I don't doubt that the next phase is going to be harder. It's going to be much harder. And we don't know where it's going to go. And and you and I keep saying that. Um, we don't know if they're going to get to the, if they're going to, if they're going to uh, reach the default deadline. We don't know. It, we don't know anything. But what we do know here um, is that they just went through a tough, tough vote. And you know what? The, uh, the other thing that I don't think is getting enough attention, there are 200 and 17 or 218 House Republicans, I guess 217, who now cannot say that they never will raise the debt limit because they just did. <laughs> they just did. And I don't doubt that, you know, McCarthy wants three things here. He wants to cut spending and grow, slow the growth of spending. I put that in one bucket. He wants, number two, to um, get some sort of work requirements for social safety net programs, and he wants permitting reform on the energy side. Now, I don't think he's going to get the social safety net, the um, the work requirements. I think it's going to be very difficult. But what he, but the other two things, he, I, I, they're not unreasonable. Like it's if you if if you came to me and said with your crystal ball and said McCarthy's going to get a spending deal and he's going to get permitting reform, like that's a logical place for him to land on on a debt ceiling deal. That's going to raise like how many Republicans does that get? I don't know the answer to that, but. Um, you know, this is a a re, this is a a good first step in a very bad situation for McCarthy and House Republicans, because listen, Biden and Schumer say they they won't even negotiate, and I don't know. At some point, like if you zoom out, I was talking to a um, somebody who had been involved in these fights in the past yesterday, and th- and they said, you know, at some point Biden's going to have to engage with him, and I think that's probably right, like. Biden says he's not going to negotiate. McCarthy has to raise a clean debt ceiling and then he'll negotiate on the budget. That's not going to happen. Like the House is not going to pass a clean debt ceiling. They're not going to at this point, at least like they've done what they're going to do. And McCarthy's going to leave. The House is going to leave tonight or tomorrow, whenever they decide to leave. Um, And and that's that. You know, it's just it's it's not going to be a. Um, the next phase is going to be really, really crappy for House Republicans. It just is, and I think that I think that there are a um, a a lot of outcomes that are just going to split the Republican conference this summer. And um, again, he played the only hand he can he can, which was he mollified conservatives with a bunch of changes. He mollified the Midwesterners who were pissed off about the biofuel, cutting biofuel tax credits, and he squeezed this thing through. And you know what? Um, I I don't see the other option here besides being like, we're not going to pass anything, and we're just going to yell. That that never works. Right. All right. We will be watching and continuing to report in the coming days and weeks on what the next step is, when and if and how McCarthy and Democrats start to engage uh, as the deadline quickly uh, appears to be coming uh, into focus into the early July part uh, of the summer. At this point, we'll see that, of course, is a moving target depending on a lot of different things. Um, Just a reminder, the House is out of session next week while the Senate is in. And McCarthy is heading off to Israel on a bipartisan CODEL. All right, Jake, let's talk about the number two story of the morning. Um, our very own Andrew Desiderio has a very interesting look at Manch Mania. Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, 
who is on a tear against his own party as a new and formidable challenger prepares to enter the West Virginia Senate race, GOP Governor Jim Justice. Uh, Justice is expected to officially jump into the race later Thursday. Um, And you can just tell the body language of Manchin right now is he is going to be a real problem for Democrats. The only quote you need to know from this this very good item is this. I've been involved in state politics for a long time. I lost one race in 1996. I made a vow that I'll never lose another race and I won't. That is Manchin speaking. That is Joe Manchin. Senator from West Virginia, Democrat nominally. Um, the he, he's listen. He's doing what he needs to do to um, to position himself as a um, a Democrat willing to buck his party. Does he run as a Democrat? I don't know, um, but he's a Democrat that's willing to buck his party, siding with Republicans on a whole host of things. Uh, as Jim Justice gets into the race, and by the way, Justice will appear uh, Thursday today. In uh, for his announcement, alongside in, in, in the audience or attending that speech is Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Republican senator, and Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina. Who uh, so it's clear that Republican, you know, uh, Republican leadership types are going to line up behind Jim Justice. Manchin is the big mystery, Anna. Um, what does he do? Does can he can he pull it out in twenty twenty four? You know, he has always cut his own cut his own path uh, in in the United States Senate. And now he's just siding with Republicans more and more. And he said he's willing if Biden doesn't do something, I don't know, implement the IRA better. He'll vote to cut the IRA to to repeal the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, which he crafted. (laughs) The Inflation Reduction Act is Joe Manchin's bill. So, you know, um, that is that is quite the statement from the senator from West Virginia and, and something that we. We haven't. We don't see too often a, a, a Republican, a Democratic senator saying he's going to cut a Democratic bill that he partially authored. Details, details, Jake. I think the interesting thing here too is just the number of things. Right, I mentioned his long frustrated progressive Democrats, um, and often even you know, and and leadership, right, in the sense that they don't know where he is. He loves to be the tip of the spear, wants to kind of always be in the fray. But now you see him joining Republicans on nearly every disapproval resolution they brought up for a vote, including most recently blocking EPA emission standards for heavy-duty trucks. Uh, On Wednesday, he was the deciding vote uh, that led to the passage of that measure. Uh, Again, I think the kind of verbiage and how aggressive he has been going on Fox News and other places uh, when it comes to the IRA Really, um, just it's it doesn't happen every day. You know, we we've seen him kind of go back and forth with leadership, but usually, you know, he kind of falls into line. Or uh, it, it's you know, people say, "Oh, it's just Mansion being Mansion." I think now you're starting to see with this tight numbers and the fact that Senator Dianne Feinstein is out uh, for an undetermined amount of time. Every single vote matters even more than than normal. Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Jake, this is a story meant for you. You love the airlines more than anyone. Uh, but I have a love hate relationship with the airlines. Let's put it that way. Okay, but I very much like maybe that's I very a better much way. like I very much like reading about airlines and experiencing airline related items. 
Um, well, this, this is very <laughs> this is very interesting, Anna. Um, uh, as somebody, you and I both fly a lot, but there's a new coalition, the Capital Access Alliance, which is going to use the FAA fight to try to change the perimeter rule for Washington National DCA. Now, stick with us here. Uh, we could see the podcast statistics, so don't drop off. <laughs> this is a very it's a very interesting fight. So N- Washington National, as you might know, Reagan, it has a perimeter uh, requirement, a perimeter limitation that f- most flights can't go beyond 1,250 miles. That rule has been in place in various forms since the 1960s um, as a, um, a way to basically protect Washington Dulles, which is the other airport, which is the United Hub. Uh, uh, actually, I think United Fortress Hub. So most of those flights there are United. They've peeled back that regulation at National for the last 20 or so years, allowing flights to Phoenix, Vegas, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Salt Lake City, Denver, San Juan, Austin, and Portland, Oregon. Um, This new coalition is backed by Delta, and they want to add between 20 and 25 perimeter, uh, non-restricted perimeter uh, uh, flights out of Washington Reagan. Now, Delta would benefit here, obviously. Delta is expanding at Washington National. They're adding flights. I I knew this, but I had to look it up yesterday. Adding flights to Miami, Orlando, and Nashville this fall. Um, We have to... So this is an interesting thing. They want to really increase service for these these far-off flights at National. Um, The... uh, the coalition is making the argument that some of the nation's biggest cities, San Antonio and San Diego, namely have no direct flights from national, which is, I, I think that is a little bit crazy um, for a variety of reasons, because airlines don't necessarily want to use their slots. They're very precious uh, perimeter, uh, 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 non-restricted, I guess is the best way to say it, flights to San Diego and San Antonio. They want to use them to their hubs. Delta uses them to Los Angeles, to, to Salt Lake City. Um, American uses uses them to Phoenix, Vegas, Los Angeles, um, and United uses them to San Francisco, I think some places in Texas, Denver. So, um, you know, the coalition argues that all airlines would benefit here, not only Delta. Uh, now, American and United will probably see that a different way because American has the majority of the, or, or the plurality, at least, of the traffic out of national and United has a huge presence at Dulles, which is a um, they, they, they're going to want to protect those. I imagine if Delta does this, this is the analysis part, Anna, that they'll add another flight to L.A., Salt Lake City and a flight to Seattle. Now they're saying they'll add flights or they're indicating they'll add flights or the coalition is indicating that Delta will add flights to San Antonio and San Diego, which I guess is plausible. So we're going to be following this closely because it's going to be coming up in the FAA reauthorization bill. Um, and uh, that is going to be a big bill for a lot of different fights about the airline industry. So uh, we will be all over this in the coming weeks and months. And Anna, do you have any thoughts? I can't imagine anybody besides me has any thoughts on this. I mean, I think you laid it all out there for us, yeah. Jake. <laughs> We're going to leave it there, folks. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. Just a reminder that we have a really cool event coming up uh, on May 9th, Tuesday uh, at 8.30 a.m., we, I'm going to be on stage along with managing editor Heather Cagle for a Women Challenging Washington event. It's a morning event. We're going to have conversations with Senators Joni Ernst, Jean Sheehan, 
Representative Stephanie Bice, Lisa Blunt Rochester, and Mikey Sherrill, the interviews will focus on their bipartisan policy work and disrupting partisan culture on Capitol Hill. There's going to be great networking opportunities, headshots on a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, please sign up for that at our Punchbowl News events hub at punchbowl.news. Uh, if you like The Daily Punch, tell your friends, share about us on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also go deeper on all of these issues with our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.